are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. This episode of the Traditional Outdoors Podcast is sponsored by Great Northern Bow Company. At Great Northern Bow Company, they design and build every bow with you in mind and with respect for the long and noble hunter-gatherer lineage we are all connected to. They build hunting bows, bows designed to make you the very best bow hunter you can be. How do they do it? By paying attention to what really matters in a bow. Stability, smoothness of draw, reliability, performance, refined design, and by using carefully selected materials. Their bows have an understated beauty and refinement of appearance that will make them hold their appeal for a lifetime. And they still build their bows one at a time by hand. So consider making your next custom bow a great northern bow. And in the meantime, be sure to check out their website at gnbco.com. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. I got Nick with me. What's up, brother? You know, we just started uh, We started the first week of school with the girls. Uh, the first three weeks of virtual learning. And they're probably going to virtual learn for the year just because it's more consistent. Um, you know, they I don't need them coming and going out of school every time somebody gets a case of COVID and they get put in quarantine. Right. So that's kind of what we did. But, they're, you know, it was a little rough at first, but they're... They're getting into it um, a, a little bit easier for Mackenzie. Uh, and then my oldest, Aubrey, she she's having a little bit of a hard time with it um, just because she's so social. And I think she, you know, I really got to keep her on task. But I think we'll I think we'll get there. And uh, and that's pretty much the big the big change, you know, kind of just getting in there and, and getting getting adjusted and and, you know, work. The students came back, you know, at Grand Valley. So everything I'm still here, but. You know, everything right. is kind of just changing a little bit, changing a lot, I guess. But anyway, I don't know, man. You know, it's it's we're, we're getting by. How about you? I same old, same old life in the basement bunker. I guess you, you know, Come Bella <laughs> Bella went back and and she actually, uh, I guess she's been back at school for five weeks now. She came home, she came home last weekend, uh, her first time driving herself home from college so that was kind of a big deal and they've had you know they have a lot they've had a lot of cases that spiked up down there but to be honest listening to a lot of what's going on most of it's from the the kids going out and partying mm. and and so forth and <laughs> anyway it bingo since <laughs> yeah since, you know they they put out some um i guess strong words of warning about you know if they through contact tracing, if they find anybody's been exposed, they're just sending them, uh, putting them on quarantine, no questions. But, you know, the schools here pretty much went back to normal. I haven't heard of a lot um, as far as, you know, cases coming up, but I don't monitor it a lot. Lori does. But we had more of a – and you may have been the same way. It was kind of optional. If you uh, if you wanted to go to class, you could go to class. If you wanted to do it online, you know, at home, you could do that. Um as far as you know the schools and the high schools and i i really don't even bella's out of high school so i don't want to say i don't care but i just don't i don't focus on it anymore i don't think much about it so mm -hmm. um yeah other than that you know i got out uh scouted a little bit last weekend um the the fam wanted to come with me they wanted to get out of the house and i said okay well, that's good i said okay all right you know and and kenzie's a bit of a princess um and when I say a little bit of a princess, a lot of a princess, and and Jess, Jess really doesn't. She's not big on 
on getting getting her hands dirty out in the woods either. Um, though she does like the morale pick and stuff. We should probably do that at some point. But um, so I wanted to check. So I basically turned it into a hike, and I said, okay, well I'm gonna go to a different spot because I'm not gonna bring you where I want it to go. So we uh, we went out to a, a, a sect of land I wanted to check out, and I, I subtly walked them around about two miles to get where I wanted to go, <laughs> saying that was the quickest way back to the car. And right. uh, we, we were walking quite a bit, and then I was like, I, and then I misjudged the distance at one point, and I got there, but... You know, I eventually had to hike out to the road and then we had to walk down the road and back to the car on the other side of the property and they weren't real happy with me, but we did jump. I jumped about seven does, um, might've been, might've been some, might've been a buck in there or so, but some good signs, some nice oak, you know, nice oak flat. Um, there was a little pinch point I wanted to check out there, a little funnel and, and that's where we went. Sure enough, we all jumped it. So they all got to see some deer and, and it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to get out there and do that, and I got that spot marked, and I got to go back and check it. But uh, have you been getting out at all? I have not. And that's a that's a whole other that's a whole other story. I'll I'll go into that in a minute. Uh, I did want to say though, please pass along to uh, Jess that I'm I'm very impressed with her trust in your woods navigation and i'll leave that at that so am i <laughs> <laughs> but i kept looking i kept looking at my phone on the topo program uh and she's just like what are you lost and i was like, no <laughs> no i'm not lost <laughs> you can't get i'm like look we can't get lost here if we walk far enough we're gonna end out on a road I've been powerful I'm like that's just other i've been powerful confused for a month or two but i ain't never been lost right <laughs> <laughs> what movie was that mountain i can't man. remember mountain man mountain that's man. it yeah oh i gotta watch that again i love that movie uh in fact uh, another side project i've been working on uh, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording and we've kind of cut the cut the TV tether, so to speak, and pretty much gone to online services. And um, I, because of the, the new job, I've been actually re building up my home lab again for stuff that I have to, you know, do on the computer side for my work. And one of the things that I, I set up for my home lab is a centralized storage server. Anyway, long story, I'm going around the woods here. But there's a, there's a little um, app that you can install on this, on this server that, it's called Plex, and I can actually take all of my old DVDs, and most of them are actually old westerns, and rip those DVDs down to an MP4, and then load them onto this server, which also has um, movies that you can you can watch for free. Anyway, it's called Plex if you want to look at it. Uh, so I've actually been ripping all my old movies, like uh, Rip the Mountain Man. I'm sitting there doing, letting them rip while I'm working. So all I have to do is pop out the DVD every couple hours when it finishes ripping them down. But uh, anyway, Mountain Man was one of them. Man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching that again real soon myself. And then I'm, uh, I think I've got all of my old John Wayne's ripped at this point. So, but did you but did you rip Blazing Saddles? I don't actually know because uh, the we have. Uh, Blazing Saddles I actually had purchased through Amazon Prime when it was like four ninety nine or something, and just got rid of uh, the DVDs. So it's it's up in Amazon Prime, but uh, but no, uh, scouting wise. So uh, last weekend I said you know Bella was at home. She's coming home again this weekend for uh, Labor Day, and next weekend is is our opening weekend. And I I planned to kind of. Um, 
get out and hunt in the morning, maybe do some light scouting, you know, during the day on one of the uh, pieces of, of private ground that I hunt on. I'm going to do some public land hunting, but because I've been so busy with work, I just figured, you know, that would be easy to do. I hunt in the morning, scout a little bit during the day, and then hunt in the afternoon. And then today I get a, a phone call, which um, the the gentleman that I lease, the, the tracks that I lease down in central Georgia, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and he told me that there was a possibility that some, some things could change. So he basically leases a I think it's around five, it may be more than that. Don't hold me that number, 500 acres or so down in central Georgia. And the gentleman that he leases it from, um, for whatever reason from this COVID thing, has decided he wants to move. Um, so he's he had put all the property up on the market and um, really didn't think anything was going to happen with it, but found out that a lot of it had sold. The gentleman called me today and said, look, you know, I'm, I've already had to cut a few people out. I've got a few more that I really want to try to keep. But to do that, you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to share some of the land that that you're hunting on. And and I'm just I don't know. I don't like I don't like big hunting leases. And we'd kind of talked about this in the past. And and, you know, he worked with me to to carve out some. And it was like 100 acres. It wasn't a huge track, but um, I wasn't. I wasn't competing with anybody. I didn't have to worry about anybody, you know, trampling over the areas that I was hunting. And because it was so small, I could only hunt it a few times a year anyway. Um, so I just told him, you know, no hard feelings, but I'm just, I'm going to bow out. So uh, it's the property that you hunted last year before last. Um, so I hate it. I feel hmm. bad about it. Um, but it's one of those things that's not really in in his control either, and it's my choice. So, uh, but I gotta now. I have to spend. Um, I'll be spending my opening day going down there and pulling the stands that I still have up, and I've got a few receivers that uh, I've got to scale the tree just to get the receivers off the tree. Um, but you know, it is what it is. It's just one of those things that happens, right? Yeah, that's a bummer, man. Sorry about that. You'll figure it out though. Well, I've still got the, you know, I've still got the track where our, our local trad club is. I, you know, I've got that to hunt, um, and I've got a good bit of public land. So I'm not too worried about it, you know, between, you know, the stuff with uh, Bella and school and my middle daughter's getting married um, next month. I can say next month now. Uh, she's getting married next month, so I'll be spending a couple of weekends um, out of town for that. So it may end up that it just worked out for the best. I'm I'm really not all that. I'm up. I'm 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 disappointed, but I'm really not all that upset about it. Hmm. So I get it. Yeah. But on the positive side, and I do want to call this out real quick, and then we'll we'll jump into our topic. I don't know how long we'll we'll ramble on here on that, but uh, we'll we'll see what it is. But so you'll get a kick out of this for multiple reasons. Um, two days ago, I guess, let's see, was that Monday? I guess it was Monday. Um, Monday I'm sitting at my desk and uh, my, my desk is in the basement at the very back of the house, which you've seen. And my, my poor, the, the, the porch to my house is one floor up and all the way to the front of the house. And I'm sitting here working and I hear, I heard something on the front, on my front porch. And usually right after I hear that, I'll hear somebody ring the doorbell. So I wasn't doing anything specific. So I just headed upstairs, to see what it was. And I get up there and there's a, there's a box leaning against the skylight right beside the door. And I thought, well, 
I haven't ordered anything like that. Maybe Lori has, and I went to bring it in and looked at the return address label, and it was Mr. Tom Jorgensen. Mm. And I thought, what in the world is this? So um, when I picked it up, it had a good bit of heft to it, so I carried the rest of the mail up upstairs and as soon as i well, Lori was Lori was in the in our in the bedroom and as soon as i walked in i could tell the look on her face she obviously knew something and i said what has tom done and she just shrugged her shoulders and that well i know and you got to open that box if you're going to find out um so i opened it up and lo and behold i guess tom was determined to get me shooting a black widow um Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, see, you know, he mentioned a couple of weeks ago that, that he had picked up two bows from Denny Sturgis Jr. Um, and yeah, one of them was in the box. Um, Man. 64-inch Blackwood of PLX. It's it's a stout fella, but uh, it pulls 78 at 28. Um, and lo and behold, I haven't gotten so out of shape that I couldn't shoot it. I've actually... Went straight and made a string for it not long after I opened the box and let that settle in real good and got out and started. I shot it a little bit yesterday and shot it a little bit today, and I'm hitting where I'm looking, and it, it man, it is, it's spitting arrows, so. Oh, man. I was I was thought you were going to tell me it was a box of burned biscuits or something. <laughs> <laughs> where the heck did that come from? <laughs> Because well, you, you messed up Tom's kitchen. We were talking about it last oh, episode. Yeah. I figured, oh, he's going to send you a box of burned biscuits. Yeah. But the man, that's uh, that's that's awesome. The cornbread that's, incident. Um, oh, it was it was cornbread. Yeah, it was cornbread. All right, yeah. But man, I yeah, I never I never never figured you for somebody shooting a black widow. But yeah, who knows? You might you might fall in love with that one. Man, I'll shoot anything if it's good, if it'll if it'll take an arrow. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean I I. I need to call him. I've, I've traded some messages with him, um, and I hadn't had a chance to talk to him yet. But, yeah, I really didn't know I didn't know <laughs> what to awesome. say. I really I really didn't. And through trading messages with him, I think what we're going to try to do is, is actually um, – he's got one that's – I don't know if it's exactly the same. I think it is, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that. But I think we're going to take these two bows for our, our bear hunt up in Canada that got rescheduled. Um, to next year next june so man, that'll be a, that'll be a good story man that's cool I, I like that i mean just the origin of the bows and from yep. denny and from everything else that's 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 really yeah, cool it, it, i must admit like i said i was i didn't i didn't know i know what to say so uh all in all i guess it's been a it's been a pretty good week even though it's had its ups and downs that you know that 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 was kind of a that was definitely going to be the highlight except Bella coming back home this weekend. I'm really looking forward to that again. But uh. <laughs> yeah, man, that'd be that'd make my that'd make a month for you. That's 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 great. That's good to hear. Good to hear that stuff these days. So speaking of hearing stuff these days, um, <laughs> oh, heard it on fa- heard, heard it on Facebook. <laughs> well, that's not really what we're going to call this, but unfortunately, that's where this popped up. Um, and you and I have talked about this a little bit. We're we're not going to mention names. So if you're hoping to hear some some gossip dropping here and and names called out, you're not going to hear it. But it is one of those things that showed up on Facebook. And you know, and as soon as I saw it, all I could think about was was Nick and heard it on Facebook. Um, 
<laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about ethics. And I'm going to preface this before we even get started that, you know, I'm sure there are definitely things that I consider to be ethical or unethical that is directly a product of my upbringing and the area of the country in which I grew up. So I'll firmly admit that. I'll hold my hand there and wave it. But at the same time, I don't think, as relates to this particular conversation, and we'll see where this ends up, that my my thoughts are really that far off topic. I know uh, this particular post that I'm talking about, there were some other people that I know that, that commented on the post that pretty much echoed what I was thinking, you being one of those. Um, and you're obviously a good bit younger than me, and you grew up in a completely different part of the country. So, um, mm -hmm. But I guess maybe we should just, let's just go into, I'm going to start out here and kind of just read through what specifically was posted. This was in a, let's just say this was in a hunting-related Facebook group, and we'll leave it at that. This isn't a poke at anyone. This is just something that, based on the discussion, I thought it was a good subject to talk about, so we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But the post that showed up was this. If public lands belong to everyone, are items left behind on public lands available for use to the public? And it goes on. Can anyone hunt from a tree stand left in the woods? And this was the one that really got me here. Can anyone check an SD card on a camera left in the woods? Since there is, and then it went on, there was another follow-up. I won't, I won't get into that. But that was really the questions. And I found it before you did, but I, I read it and I thought about it. And I, I think my first post was a, a clarifying question. But as I was sitting there reading it, I was, my first thought was, you got to be kidding me. This, pay, this, this, this post is going to be full of people condemning this in some way or another. And I'm sorry to say I was shocked to see over the course of the day that me and a couple of others were definitely in the minority on where we stood with this. And actually, I think it was maybe me, you, another listener of the show, might have been one more person that was adam adamantly against or taking our taking our stance on it but there is something that you forgot to mention one of them being or the basically being that the follow-up to that post one of the comments was does does the person in question who left the item in the woods have any right to be mad about it if something ha like that happens and there's something to consider, but before we go any further, I also want to say there one of the things that I I took issue with with the way the post was worded and the way the discussion was put out there was that the OP, the poster that posted it, said left in the woods. So, you know, I've talked about this with a couple other people outside the community and stuff like that, and they immediately went to abandoned after season left out in the woods, left for multiple seasons. 
that's not what this was about. No. Well, right. So, uh, yeah. but but I agree with you, and that's part of what I took issue with was the way the question was worded, and then subsequently, subsequently after other statements were made, it was I won't say it was modified, but the tone was modified. And yes, in in my opinion, and you know what they say about opinions, and anyway, um. My opinion was there was a specific answer that this individual was somehow seeking, whether it was for approval or I, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I, I won't speculate there, but it was it was almost like the person was looking for a specific answer um, with the post. And, and so here's some things that I'll throw out. And you, you already touched on on some of those. Left versus abandoned. Um I guess that's kind of the biggest one, but the whole abandon. First of all, abandon wasn't mentioned. It was left in the woods, and it was it was stated to the effect of if you go into the woods and carry your stand in, and you leave the woods without that stand with you, it now becomes public property. There was no mm-hmm. there was You're no right. mention of of time length duration. To that point, I posted several follow-up comments, just basically th- things to consider. And again, I'm, I'm not going to go back to the page and read it, but I'll, I'll kind of walk through one of those scenarios. And this particular one was never even responded to, even though I know the, the original poster saw it. So here's a scenario for you. Man has a, a child that has spent time in the woods they're at that they're at that point they're at that stage where it's time for them to experience their first solo hunt so typical father doesn't have a ton of time maybe friday afternoon he slips out of work early heads to the place that they're going to hunt on public land puts a tree stand up gets everything ready for his for his child son daughter doesn't matter with the intention of the next day, he's going to go back and hunt that stand. And I think I'd specifically worded it as, you know, midday during the heat of the day, he went out and put this stand up so that, you know, he wouldn't be doing it while the, the animals were moving, so to speak. Now, the next morning, he heads back with his with his child. And they approach the tree, and he's getting ready to, you know, let the let his son, let his daughter head up this tree, and he he shines his light up the tree to show his child where the stand's at, and lo and behold, there's somebody sitting in that tree. Now, he abandoned that or left that stand in the woods overnight, and you just ruined that child's hunt. You just ruined that that, that father-son, father-daughter experience. And I'm sorry, just because you were too lazy or you took advantage of a situation to sit in somebody else's stand. And there's other, there's a ton of other scenarios we could go through here, but why on earth would you want to use somebody else's stand? This same person, in my opinion, that would do that would turn around and try to figure out who owned that stand if something happened and they fell out of it and broke their damn leg or back. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's where I thought immediately. I I just don't I don't understand that line of thinking. I get the whole, and I'm not even going to go into the whole public 
Lands thing. In in many ways, Mm -hmm. that whole situation has gotten out of hand and is being used for nothing more than a political statement at this point in many ways. So I'll take that off the table. I'm not going down that path. But public lands are for public use. Why on earth that makes some people think that just because it's out there, I have just as much right to it as anybody else staggers my mind. And what I'm talking what I'm talking about is is personal property that is in use on public lands. There were other there were other comments, and I'll hush a minute and give you a chance to to pipe in here, but there were other comments I made some of them about Okay, well, if you're going to do that, what's the threshold? If I go in and hunt in the morning and I want to step away for to relieve myself or maybe I don't want to eat my lunch in my stand, so I climb down and walk 200 yards away from the stand to, to eat my lunch and you stumble upon that stand and climb up in it, are you telling me I have no right to be upset if I come back and you're sitting in my stand? Give me a break. I mean... It's such a slippery slope, it's not even funny. I mean, if I, so let me get this straight. So if I'm hiking on a piece of public land and I I make my tent and my campsite and everything and I leave it there, or then I go fly fish at a creek somewhere, then all of a sudden I come back and you're sleeping in my tent, that's okay? Because I left it there? It's the ridiculousness. It is. If I, if I'm on a, if I'm on the river and I step out of my boat for a second, you know, beach it and then, you know, go to the bathroom or whatever I need to do, you're going to get in my boat and go down the road, go down the river in it. I mean, (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Well, here, so, and here's another point that was brought up and that's a good one that you mentioned that. So I think the first post that I'm, the first clarifying post I'm, or that's not true. The first statement post I made. After I ask a clarifying question to, okay, so if my car breaks down as I'm driving down the interstate and I have to pull it off to the shoulder of the road, I leave that vehicle, or maybe I run out of gas. I leave that vehicle to go get gas. It's on public property. So you're telling me that you feel like it's okay if you happen happen upon that and you have a gas, a, a tank, of, a can of gas in your car, you can fill it up and take it for a joyride. And the response was, no, there's laws against auto theft. Okay, so now you're trying to make it a legal versus ethical discussion. Right? Am I wrong there? No, you're not. Um, and I was trying to think of it, and it hit me after I had actually already left the group, and I wasn't about to go back and post it. But there's a, there's a famous quote from Aldo Leopold. Do you know what it is about ethics? Aldo Leopold, Aldo Leopold had a lot of quotes, but go ahead and go ahead and So his say quote it. was ethical behavior is doing the right thing when no one is watching even mm-hmm. when doing the wrong thing is legal. And that's a powerful statement. That's that's what we're, exactly what we're talking about. I mean, in like I had, I mean, I had a doe hanging in camp for two days, that was visible. I mean, nobody's there for most of the day because everybody's hunting. Would you go up and just take that deer? It's that ridiculous. It's like 
and it's the golden rule, right? Like, and I know where you were raised and I know where I, and I know where I was raised and how I was raised. And, you know, everybody wants to talk about hunters being a brotherhood, you know, and how we all need to be on the same team and how we all need to do this. And, and sportsmen need to be on the same team and all this stuff. So then stuff like this comes out and it's like, are you, are you kidding me? Like if you're, you treat others the way that you'd like to be treated. If you, if I want to be able to have enough trust to do the work, set up a spot. And if I want to leave something out there, I want to know that someone's not going to go in there and do what we're talking about. And if that trust doesn't exist, what kind of a brotherhood do we have as hunters? You know, that discussion always comes up when it's convenient. And we, exactly. we've said that before on the podcast. I know Jason did a whole episode on, Jason Samkowiak did a whole episode on the whole um, hunter numbers and all this stuff. And our buddy Sean Clarkson, which I really want to get on the show and have in part a discussion around this, I know he... He stands behind that whole statement of, you know, their strength in numbers, and and I get that, and I'm not arguing with the strength in numbers statement. So hear me out. I'm not saying we don't need more hunters. But what I will say, and I will, I will beat it to death, is we need more of the right hunters. Mm-hmm. And part of that, the ownership for that, is on those of us that are still out here that that have those values look you just said that about the leaving your your dough in camp let me tell you something my personal opinion i can't prove it but i'll tell anybody i'll tell the original poster of that of that post on facebook if he wants to reach out to me if you would do the things that you're talking about doing and I'm not talking about finding a stand that's been abandoned and it's, you know, you basically have to cut it out of the tree because it's been there so long. Um, I'm not talking about the guys, and I've run across these two, that leave their stands up on public land year after year after year and treat it like their own hunting lease when it's against the law. Report those people. That's not what I'm talking about here. But mm-hmm. if you're going to tell me you stumble across a stand and just because nobody's in it, you feel like you have just as much right to sit in it as the person who put it there, one, shame on you. Two, that's the exact same individual that I constantly think about when I'm hunting public ground. And I shoot a whitetail with my longbow that goes 60, 70, 80 yards. And that person sees that animal go down, is closer to where that animal went down, climbs down, walks over, throws a drag on it, and starts dragging that animal out of the woods. And I know it happens. I've heard it's happened. But the person that would do that to somebody's stand is the same kind of person that would take that animal. Well, I I walked across it first. I mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, you know this kind of th- and here's the other, you're gonna walk up. So the camera. That's the other one I'll talk about a little bit. The camera. You find a camera in the woods and you feel like you have the right to just go and pull. And and here's the other thing I'll say. You're not going to go just pull the SD card out of it, look at it, and then put <laughs> yeah. it back and walk off. You're going to take the camera with you. Just at least admit it and own up to it. And my follow-up que- statement to that was, well, let me ask you this. So if you're walking through the woods and you come across somebody that is standing at a tree and as you get closer, you're going to strike up a conversation and you look and there's a there's a trail camera on the tree. You with me? Mm-hmm. You strike up a conversation with that, that person and, 
if you would if you would reach down and open that camera up and pull that SD card out, put it in a reader and start reading through it when nobody's there and you don't think there's anything wrong with it, then why don't you do it when you walk up on the person? What difference does it make? If it's on that tree and they're not touching it, they've left it. So see how that plays out for you while you're standing there <laughs> talking to that fellow and reach down and pull the card out of his camera and start thumbing through it. Here's the bottom line. Some of these people that are going to that, – that obviously have in their mind it's perfectly okay to do these sorts of things, they're going to get an ass whipping at some point. I know this is a clean show, and I, I don't I – don't, talk like that often. Well, well exactly man but like are, you're are you gonna look- get beat down are you looking for an altercation most of the time i go in anytime i go into the woods and, and most people i know are like this they don't want to see anybody else so you're the kind of person that's going to go into the woods and not only are you i mean usually if i see somebody's got a stand-up i give that place a wide berth that's just the way i am if i see a car in the lot you know we've talked about this before that person beat me into the woods you know, whatever, if they're in the spot super early, even if I got to stand up and somebody's there before I get there, in my opinion, they got there. I mean, that's all there is to it. I wasn't there. That's just the way I think, correct or not. Like I always, and I probably, I give the benefit of the doubt a lot. But I mean, I don't want to mess with anybody. I don't want that messing with my morning. I don't want, I, I want harmony and I don't want altercation when I'm in the woods. And I go back to that to that analogy with you and the kid. So now that dad and that and his son are out there that morning. There's somebody sitting in the stand. For one, what kind of message is that sending to that kid if that happens? What? Okay, I can't trust. Obviously, anybody. the same kind of message that was sent to the jackass that's sitting in the tree. Exactly. So now, <laughs> now son's gonna watch his old man get into an altercation in the woods, and he just learned the hard way that not all hunters are created equal, so to speak as far as ethics are concerned it's just in no way is this right it's not right i mean and i've even run i've even run after the season and i get it you know i've run in after the season where john john buchin and i do this all the time we always run into stands we report them we're not we're not taking them we're not whatever you know i mean we we could we never do it just doesn't feel right even if that person is not doing what we think they should be doing or what what is right with the law season after season and they might be entitled and all of that that they're leaving their stuff there we still don't touch it and it's not yours that's just, it's not ours exactly like i wouldn't want somebody to do that to me what if the person lives close by and even if they're not supposed to be doing it it still doesn't feel right but and that's I, because we're ethical people right and i have and i will continue if i because i've got and we've talked about this there's one wma that you've hunted with me here that there's there's a couple of guys that treat it like their private hunting club um, and I have taken GPS waypoints and sent them to the DNR and explained what was happening. I mean, I'll, I'll report it if there is an infraction, but I don't feel like it's my place to go in and harm, damage, steal, use, whatever you want, any of those. I, it's not mine. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say that later, and I don't. I think you had already checked out by the time this posted up. We're, I'm going to talk about this a little bit too. Later in this same post, there was a rationale by the original poster that the reason he was asking this question was something to the effect of, with the the huge influx in 
and new hunters and hunters on public land and everything being so crowded. Okay, first of all, wait, hold on, back the truck up. You're one of the same individuals that's talking about how we need to recruit more hunters and we don't have enough and hunter numbers are on the decline until it fits mm-hmm. your narrative. And now it's a, it's a big problem. Now, I can't speak for every state. I really can't. But I can speak for North Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, um, Michigan, Wyoming. At a minimum, I can speak to those five. And I could probably throw another one in there if I thought about it a little bit. I've hunted public land on all of those. And it is a rare occasion when I encounter somebody else. Tom and I spent a week hunting in Wyoming, all public land. We encountered one group of bear hunters that that rode through our camp, moving to their camp higher up, uh, higher into the, the mountain range the day before the season opened. And we had one pickup truck that was that parked on the side of the road near where we were hunting one afternoon. In a week. Mm-hmm. And here, it's a, it's a, I mean, don't get me wrong. I see other hunters. I'm not talking about seeing other hunters on the public land, but it's a rare situation when I actually encounter somebody in the woods. Um, so the, that, that theory doesn't, and even if it did, I don't care if there's if there's I don't care if there's ten hunters in a in an acre of land. Their property is still their property. And thinking that just because it's now erected on a piece of public land gives you any right to it whatsoever boggles my mind. If you want to get into the whole legal aspects of it, you know what? I can't approach it from a legal perspective simply because, one, even lawmakers can't contemplate every single simple, stupid little idea that somebody's going to have running through their head and put a law against it. Just because something is not illegal doesn't mean you should do it. Well, exactly. I mean, if you're going to, let's say the season ends, the duration's over for having to stand up in the woods. You're going to wait till that day if you find a stand and be like, oh, well, it ain't gone. You know, that person's a day late. I'm going to go get it. I mean. <laughs> you, do you really think that doesn't happen? Oh, I'm sure it happens. <laughs> and uh, look, here's the bottom line. Chances are a person that's going to do that's not going to wait till after it's after it should have been removed they're not going to monitor it for they're not going to monitor it for 30 days i mean the laws are different everywhere here we have on public land we have a few days after the season i don't remember exactly what it is um yeah before you have to remove the stand we don't have to you know put names and all that on it like you guys do um i don't know man it, the more i think about it i'm sitting here getting riled up about it again and it's been a week ago i was i was just livid sitting there reading some of the stuff that was posted and i just wonder at what point and i think i even said this in the point in the post at what point does this entitlement mindset set in and have roots deep enough that you really can't look at a situation like that and I'm not saying you can't look at that situation and, and go, well, there's nothing wrong with that and blow it off. 
But you can't think about a situation like that. Say it's okay and truly believe in your heart that what you're saying is okay. Because if that's mm -hmm. the kind of person you are, I don't want to be in the woods hunting with you. Exactly. I don't. And, and I sure as hell don't want you standing up and representing me as a fellow hunter. You no, know, that's why you and I, I mean, we agree on that. We've never been big tent. And that it, absolutely, it's, it's the quality of the person that's in the woods with you. And that is what matters. And he, here's the other thing. And I know a lot of you are probably probably listening right now and go, well, it was just a post for to create discussion in a group. It is shocking and disturbing. That is why we are recording this. That that even comes up and that there was a number of people in it that actually stopped to think about it. Like it was an intellectual dilemma. Like, oh, maybe you're right. It I had to think public. about it for, oh, yeah, for every bit of three like, seconds. <laughs> I know. It was like, no, that ain't right. That ain't right. <laughs> and, you know, that's the two first, the first two thoughts I have would one, I'm fixing to get sideways with somebody if that ever happens. <laughs> and I don't do that. And two, I, I was, I was, sh I was just shocked. I was like, where did this, where did this come up? And I, 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 at first I thought when I first saw the post, I was like, oh, everybody's just going to, like you said, everybody's going to get on there and just like, no, you don't do that. You don't do that. You don't do that. But then as it goes, it's like, there's an intellectual debate going on about it. And I'm like, what, what, what are we doing here? What is this? Like, are you kidding me? My dad would smack me if that ever came out of my mouth. Well, and that, that so therein may lie part of the problem. My own the same way. Look, if I sat there and saw something out in the woods and I thought about, hey, nobody's using that. It's on public land. It's mine. If I even thought about going and, and doing something that, the first thing I would, I mean, it would just send shivers down my back is my dad's big number 13 boot striking my backside. I, I mean, I would have, I would have, I would have been anti-gravity for a period of time because he would have kicked me right off the ground. But that's the way, you know, th that's just one of those things you didn't even think about. That It's stealing. And that's the other, the, the disturbing part about it, that where that put me into disturbing was the fact that that was the SD card. Because I was like, all right, this seems ridiculous that somebody would just use the stand or it seems ridiculous that somebody would just steal a trail camera. No one would agree that that's okay to steal a trail camera. No one would agree it's just okay to steal a stand out of the woods. But but the fact that it's, oh, I'm just going to open this camera up and take this SD card and check it and then put it back in or whatever I'm going to do. It's like it's like you're trying to I, that. That's why one of my responses was. What are you trying to say here? What is your point? Are you saying that in uh, and it really seems like it's something you did because that's a really specific scenario where you're like, "Oh, it's fine. I can just I can just open this up. They left it here. I'm just going to see what's going on here." I mean, it's it's grimy, man. I I I don't know. I I, I never thought I'd see it on a on a on a hunting I, I with people I knew in it. I just never thought I'd do it. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'll throw another scenario out here because this one ties into one thing that you said, and it's it's actually something that has it has happened to me. Very similar to what I'm what I'm about to walk through. It wasn't it wasn't money, but I'm gonna use money as an example. Um, what about the guy that that pulls up to his his parking spot, gets out, he is one of the scent control fanatics which i'm not you know that 
But let's say he he rode to the to the hunting area wearing his you know shorts and socks, and he gets to the spot he's going to hunt, and he starts putting his clothes on, and he's excited about opening day, and in the in the shuffle of everything, his wallet falls out on the ground. Well, he left it. Does that make it your property? And don't give me some legal response because there is no legal response that says if you find a wallet on the ground and you don't return it, you're stealing. It doesn't get that specific. Just because it can't be labeled as Grand Theft Auto or Grand Theft Wallet doesn't mean there's a le- there's a legal precedence for it. But let's just say you find this. What do you do? Do you it's- pocket the money, toss it over in the ditch, and keep on walking? Because I can tell you the person that would that would think about using uh, a stand that had clearly been placed the current season and just isn't currently being hunted. I I can't believe that that person wouldn't just take that wallet and keep right on walking. You mentioned your boat scenario, and I've had this happen. Let's say you're at a a, a river doing some fly fishing, and you're you're talking to a guy out on the on the river on the stream. And he's got this gorgeous Winston fly rod. Gorgeous. You cast it a few times, man. That's lovely. He leaves, you keep fishing. Later in the day, you head back up to the parking area, and as you're as you're walking across the, the road, something catches your eye, and there's a Winston fly rod laying on the side of the road. The individual got to his vehicle, laid the rod up on top of his camper shell, changed out his waders, put his clothes on, got in, drove off. Rod was still on top of the car, slid off. What do you do? Ah, I got a new right. rod. It's on public land. They left it. I can't do that. No, nope. I mean I think it's 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 similar to the I went right to the wallet scenario when you mentioned it, which I, I it's kind of funny, but it's the same thing. Like if you're walking down the street, somebody drops a wallet, do you just keep it and go the other direction, or do you do everything you can go above and beyond to give it back? Because personally. If if that right was my rod scenario and I saw that happen, I would do I would go at length above and beyond to figure out who that rod's owner was, and I probably wouldn't sleep and sleep. I'd have a hard time sleeping until I figured that out because I know how bad I would feel if that happened to me. And I've had people find things that I've lost and return them to me, and how good I felt about the human race afterwards. Um. That's just, but it's a great analogy because it's it's absolutely true. It, 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 what kind of person are you? I mean, yeah, and and you know there would be some that would say, well, that's different because you know that wasn't intentionally leaving. Look, at that point, you're trying to make excuses for your behavior. As far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, um, the situation with the fly rod actually did happen to me um, several years ago. Um, I scoured the internet for days until I finally found a local forum um, that I'd never been a member of. North Georgia, North Georgia Trout Online, it's still there. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, the guy who actually responded identified the rod, and, and basically I asked him to um, relate to some of the things that we were talking about that day so I'd know it was the owner. Um, got it back to him. So a couple of things that are real funny about this. 
So you want to take a guess what his screen name was on the forum? <laughs> no, it's all right. B B Karma. Really? I swear to God. Super guy, <laughs> B Karma, retired police officer. Um, got the ride back to him. And I can't remember if it was the next the next spring or the following year. They had this they used to do this thing up in the mountains of North Carolina. I can't even remember the name of it now, but they would they would do it in like February. Um and we traded messages for a while. We actually ran into each other fishing a couple of times after that. And uh, he asked me that year, he said, you come to this thing? I said, ah, you know what? I really, I don't have, um, uh, I'd have to come up and pitch a tent. Don't have all, you know, I'll think about it. And I finally at the last minute decided to go, carried my tent, all this stuff up there. Um, halfway up, the bottom falls out. It is pouring rain. Uh, and him and his buddy were in a um, travel camper and, they went out of their way to to move stuff around in there to give me a place to sleep on the floor of that that camper, so I wouldn't be sleeping out in the in the because it was just miserable raining. But anyway, you never know how some of those situations are going to turn out. And I can tell you personally, I would never have been able to enjoy that rod if I'd kept it, or at least I hadn't gone to every possible extent I could think of to find the the owner of that rod. Um, but the result of it was I found somebody that, you know, I ended up fishing with a few times, spent, you know, some good campfire discussions with the individual. I wouldn't say we ever really got to be real friends, but I feel like part of my life was blessed by having, having done what I did and, and got to know the guy better. But I don't know. It, I, I, we're kind of going all over with this thing, and that's where I kind of expected it would be. But mm-hmm. I just I, – I can't – I can't in any – way imaginable see myself participating in the activities that I saw people saying was perfectly fine in this discussion. I I, I just can't. And I think mm-hmm. that's what bugs me more than anything else is the fact that there there are I don't know. I, I'm trying to be real careful here. I I don't want to I don't want to offend people. Um I really don't, but I have to say, I I just can't. If somebody was standing me face to face and and asked me that question, I would tell them the exact same answer. And if they tried to argue with me, I would have to tell them exactly how full of crap I thought they were. If anybody's offended listening to this, I'm sorry. You're they're probably part of the issue, and they're feeling insecure about it. I mean, I don't know how you can even back the other side of this. It's just not. If you're a decent person, you you just can't. It's it's really that simple. It is. I mean, in my mind, in my mind, it is to me. I, it is to me. And and you know, I think I will go. I will go one little bit further here and say that you know, I think as a society, look, everything we see today with the things that's going on in this society, I don't give a I don't give a rat's ass which side you're on. I don't care if you're leaning left or you're leaning right or you're hard left or hard right. The things that we're seeing going on in this country right now is indicative of the callousness we have towards one another. So from that aspect, maybe slightly, possibly, perhaps I can give somebody a little bit of a slide if they just say, well, you know what? He went out there and and he was just too lazy to take his stand back out with him. Okay, maybe. I, you know, I, I guess I could somewhat buy into that. 
But how the hell do you know? How do you know what that person's situation is? And quite frankly, how dare you assume what the situation of that person is? That individual, for all you know, might be handicapped. Somebody may help him get out there, and that's the one stand that he or she hunts out of all year. Just hunt it two or three times, but because of whatever situation. Maybe it's, again, maybe it's a youth. Maybe it's a young hunter that might just not know any better. And it could be an educational experience for you. There's so many ways that I could tell you that I see that situation and I think about the possible scenarios where maybe it's not, and this is not typically me, Nick, and you know that. I'm typically a, I assume the worst kind of guy. But in Mm -hmm. a situation like this, you just don't know. There's no way you can know. How do you know the fellow didn't fall out of the tree stand and had to be carried to the hospital and he's recovering right now in his tree and now you're going to go hunt out of his tree stand? Or it's it's even as simple as what if the person just works crazy hours and has a family and and doesn't have it can only get out at certain windows of the day and went up and set it up the night before and so he could do a quick hunt in the morning. Well, I mean, and if it's not what, illegal, what maybe uh, maybe the guy's working two jobs. Exactly. He, Why ruin the experience yeah, for somebody? He might he might not get to hunt, but a half a dozen times a year, and he doesn't know when those are going to be. And instead of spending the time carrying a stand out each time and setting it up, he wants to go in and hunt his stand, and he pulls it out when he's supposed to after season. I I don't know. I mean, it's just the whole thing is just uh, it's it's sleazy. It's greasy. It it just reeks of opportunistic laziness, entitlement, yep. entitlement. Uh, entitlement it it does and there's look there's a whole other you know there's a lot of other things we could throw into this conversation um the coffee cups that i find littering the woods because somebody carried their coffee with them to the stand and pitched it out of the tree and was too late and soda bottles and was too lazy to pick it up the miles and miles of fluorescent red tape that people take the time to carry to the woods, they string through the woods so they can either find their way in and are in or out or they're tracking an animal and they, they, which I have done. I, I've, I've done that. You, you know, you hang something up so you can see the, the line of travel and maybe you, you've got weak blood or you lose blood and it gives you a reference point. I get all that. Take the crap out with you. I found everything from the reflection tape to one year on McGraw Ford up here, there was somebody that literally strung a spool of yarn down through the woods. <laughs> I can't believe I could believe it too. And, and, you know, and at the end of the season, it's still there. I don't know. I, it was, a, it was a disappointing day. Here's an idea. If you see one of those situations, try to try to try to have a chance encounter with the individual and strike up a conversation. Get to know them before you take advantage of their generosity in your mind of leaving a stand out in the woods. If you see a camera, walk in front of the camera like I do, tip your hat to it, let them know you saw it and you kept on walking. 
and left their property alone. Have a little bit of decency. You want us all to be in this together, be in it together. Don't be looking for opportunities to take every little advantage you can of your fellow hunter just because their situation isn't the same as yours. And remember, if you ever have a doubt, should I do this or should I not do this? Think back to that quote by Aldo Leopold. Ethical behavior is doing the right thing when no one else is watching. Even when doing the wrong thing is legal. If, if nothing else comes out of this, I hope people will remember that and will think about that. Because it's, I don't know, it's a powerful, it's a powerful statement to me. It is, you know, it's a tough conversation to have, to have but it had, it, it had to be had. And I think we pretty much beat it in a submission. And it's a good place to stop. It's a good place to stop. Well, buddy, um, you when's your season kickoff? You're still about a month out, aren't you? Yeah, we're still October one. That whole that whole deal. Yeah. So I got to do a lot before then if I if I get to it, and I hope I do. But, you know, I had at one time thought about maybe trying to make it up there again this year, but I can tell you that's for various reasons that's not going to happen. But I am going to make it a goal for next year. I want to get back there and. Uh, I want to hunt that public land. Third time's a mm-hmm. charm. I've come close twice. Yeah, you definitely can't end it like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah. I, no, I think the, I think the third time will be the charm. Like I said, it's it's. Uh, I feel like I've I feel like I've got them got them patterned. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we'll keep the torrential rainfall and the lightning away next time you come. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. definitely hope for that anyway. All right, buddy. Mm-hmm. Well, for everybody listening, hope we uh hope we have nothing else got you to thinking. If you're if your stands if your stands, oh man. If your seasons are getting ready to start up or or maybe have already started. I know there's some states that have already opened up. I want to take this moment just to wish you the absolute best in success this fall. Um, and just remember success is not always measured in inches. And we'll have something else for you in the next week or two. So take care all. We'll look forward to talking to you again.